0: Hello everybody, this is the Nutrition Translator Podcast, where we discuss plant-based nutrition, longevity, biohacking, neuroscience, psychology, self-healing, and much more. My name is Colleen Kuhn, registered dietitian, plant-based health coach, and your host. Welcome to the show. I like to start my solo podcasts with a bit of personal information and my healing journey because I want to let everyone know that I don't have it all figured out. And anyone who tells you they do, well, they're fucking full of shit. And just because I have X amount of followers and a podcast and a nutrition coaching business, it doesn't mean I'm superior in any way. And no matter how much money someone makes, how successful they are in their business or career. What it comes down to is we all have deep-rooted stuff that we're trying to navigate through, that we're trying to do our best. And I really believe that it's important to talk about it. And by talking about it, it takes the shame away from all this stuff that we're facing as humans. And I just, I want to have more discussions around the things that we face being human so we feel less alone. And we feel like we're all in this together because we are. I know that I felt alone most of my life and I felt like I've been separate and it's really my calling to help people feel less alone and talk about the things that we face being human. So do you ever feel like this? Do you ever feel like you're so busy with life yet still feel like you should be doing more and in addition to that, doing it all much better? Well, that's how I've been feeling lately, like I should be doing more and I should be doing it better because I I just should be doing all these things, should, 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 I'm shooting on myself, <laughs> but it's impossible for me to do more because my life is so full right now. Um, it's like this hamster wheel of not enoughness and it's like never ending chase and it felt really confusing because how could I do more if it's impossible to do so because I literally do not have any more time to fit anything else in. Why can't I just be content and see that I'm doing enough? I felt like this constrictions happening inside of my chest, like this contraction and constriction. And like often I feel like it's hard to breathe in these moments. And it's almost like a twisting and turning of a rope of fire. Like, I don't know if you had those like arm burns by a friend that they would twist and turn your arm. It almost feels like that inside of my chest. So I knew what I had to do. I had to sit with this, and I realized whenever I'm feeling like I can't sit with myself, that's exactly the time that I need to do it, and I realized that my mobilization and the movement and all these thoughts were coming from a place of fear and not from safety, and if we want to be mobilized and moving in a safe place, it has to come from compassion and not as much judgment. And I'll explain more about this in a little bit here. So anyway, so I, I I found some time out of my busy schedule. I don't know if you heard the quote of, if you don't have time to meditate, then you need to meditate for an hour or something. Like if you don't have 15 minutes to meditate, then you need to meditate for an hour. So it's come something like that. So I found the time to sit with myself in the quiet with my Himalayan salt lamp and some nice soft music and just allowed whatever it was to come up. And let me tell you, it was uncomfortable as fuck, especially in that moment. Um, and there's some, some interesting questions to ask yourself if you're feeling like it's hard to sit still with yourself. Like, can you handle stillness? Is that frightening? And if it is, then that's definitely something to look at. You know, ask yourself, what are you running from? Um, and I knew I was running from something, so that's why I knew I had to sit st- in stillness. And as you notice that it's hard to sit still with yourself, you know, also notice that this current behavior is doing something for you. You are gaining something from that current mindset. I knew I was gaining something from it, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. So we have to, we have to remember that every action we take, we decide because we're gaining something from it. Even if it seems reckless. And even if it seems like it's not productive. It might not be all that productive. But it's we're gaining something from it. So that's important to look at too. Like what, what, is, what am I gaining from it? So I came to that place. And I was sitting there on all that uncomfortableness. And I was breathing through it. And this is what I saw. My perfectionism popping up, popping up again. And my per- perfectionism does serve me in some way. For, I mean, it's gotten me a long way. I've accomplished a lot of things. Um, but there's a shadow side to it as well. And what was coming up for me is that it was popping up in a way that was bringing me down. C- because I was noticing that if, if I did more, if I did it better, and if I got more done, then I would prove my worth and then I'll be loved more and then I'll have more success. Because then maybe my father will notice me. Maybe he'll love me in the way that I really needed him to love me growing up. And maybe he'll love me the way I need him to love me now. And I think that all this came to a head because I was triggered by this because my sister, she recently went to go visit my dad last month. And I was really surprised that she wanted to go because their relationship has been rocky over, I don't know, the past 15 years. And my sister recently got married to her wife back in October of last year. And my dad was not very accepting of that and her choice. And he wasn't accepting of her choice to marry a woman, of her uh, identity. And he was also not very accepting of the way that her, she was um, expressing herself in terms of her look. You know, she, she decided to express herself in a more androgynous look, which she felt like it was more herself. And he was not accepting her this. And even at one point before the wedding, I think they met up, and he said some really cruel things to her about the way she looked straight to her face. And that was devastating for her. Um, he, he ended up coming to the wedding, which was a surprise. Um, but she hadn't really talked much to him after that. So when she accepted his invitation to go visit him this August... I was really shocked that she wanted to go. And I was probably a little bit jealous that she was going as well because she was going to be able to see him. Um, So that, that, that popped up too. And she wanted to go because she was trying to understand him more and she was trying to understand herself a little bit more too. And she actually did find the trip healing. In the end, it actually didn't cause any triggering for her, and she found it really healing because she saw that she learned a lot about herself in the way that she was, and then she also saw that he was really just this scared little boy with tremendous anxiety and fear and just doing everything he could to prot- protect himself, and a lot of what he's doing is unconscious. And I told you I was a little bit jealous that she got to go see him and speak with him because I haven't spoken with him since February of this year, because I decided to it was time to set up a boundary with him to cease all communication, um, which was really fucking hard to do. And my dad, he his he had quite a bit of trauma growing up, and he actually I think. He actually was, he's very brave and he needs to be celebrated and he did the best he could raising his kids and I have this deep sense of gratitude and love for him all at the same time and I can't have him him in my life right now because it's too hurtful for me to have because I, I can't have the type of relationship I need, which is a deep, connected, accepting relationship with him and he's just not capable of giving me that. So I can have both. I can set the boundary with the communication, which has been tremendously freeing for me, let me say, and hard at the same time. Um, I can have this tremendous gratitude for him and have this boundary for him at the same time. It's not either or. Like I love him more than anything, and I would, I want a rea- a deep, connected relationship with him more than anything on this earth but I've accepted that that's not going to ever happen. So I decided that I need people around me that are going to be a hundred percent on board and accepting of me and accepting of what I stand for and what I have to say. So going back to what I was saying about my perfectionism popping up and This equation, this like hamster wheel of of, uh, equation of of wanting approval, is it? It's so exhausting. This equation is so fucking exhausting, and it really just justifies me staying stuck in this loop of trying to prove myself and prove my worth. And what it comes down to is, I'm trying to prove it to him. And I think most of my life, this has been unconscious up until the past year, and. Now I'm I'm even more conscious of it that when it's popping up that I need to sit with it. So what I saw was as I was sitting there, I'm making this so much more complicated for myself because it's not about doing more. It's about realizing that there's nothing wrong with me. And it's about following love over will. And seeing that divine guidance comes from curiosity. And when I feel inspired, it doesn't come from sheer will and doing and pushing and grinding. Like, yes, all those things are good and they all have its place. But if that's where it's coming from, it's not coming from love. That's not going to get me anywhere. And what I'm really wanting, it comes from a felt perspective, not a doing perspective. It comes from a perspective that I'm already whole. And I don't have to prove myself to anybody to be loved. So this is the new equation that I came up with. Can I accept what is, plus acknowledge my innate worthiness, plus trust my intuition, plus take joy and triumph in this beautifully long self-discovery journey of peeling back the layers, plus can I fully commit to living an extraordinary life? Because all those things come from love and don't come from fear. And I can catch myself now when I'm moving from a place of fear and judgment and not enoughness versus a place from intuition and flow. So if I can continue to catch myself beforehand and recognize that what I do must come from a place of safety, which then allows me to live in more compassion and love. So here are some affirmations to take with you into the week inspired by this experience I had. You're safe to make mistakes for that is how you learn. Even though you can't do it perfectly, know what you can do is enough. You're safe to surrender to the uncertainty. You are worthy no matter what the outcomes are. As you rise up, Many people will disapprove. You will rise anyway. You are safe to put yourself out there. Love and accept the fearful parts of yourself that are scared to mess up and not get it right. Prioritize learning and progress over judgment and perfectionism. You will have a spacious outlook and not latch on to fixed ideas of this is how it is, but rather say to yourself, let's just see how this unfolds. You are beyond the anxious person. There is a powerful current of creative energy waiting to be expressed out into the world, and you are supposed to start that shit yesterday. So don't wait another second and start right the fuck now. You are creativity, you are expansion, you are whole, you are love, you are intuitive, you are massive fucking success in this very moment for showing up. All right, guys, thank you for listening to my experience and going through that with me. I hope that some of you can relate with me on that and... I would love to hear your feedback if you if you can relate, let me know. All right, so let's talk a little bit about transitioning into the nutrition part of the podcast here. Let's talk about the skeletal system and improving bone health. So there are a couple nutrients That I'm going to talk about today that are going to be really important for your bone health, especially if you're on a plant-based diet. You're going to to really want to make sure you take a look at these, but these are also important for anybody who wants to build strong bones. If you have osteoporosis that runs in your family, I do. It's something I definitely take a close look at because my grandma is suffering from it and it definitely runs in my family. So the first nutrient you want to be focusing on is vitamin D3. And unless you are a lifeguard in Southern California, there's a decent chance you're deficient, especially if you live in the far Northern latitude. And even if you are a lifeguard in Southern California, you might be deficient because let me tell you, I lived in San Diego for about two years from when did it, 2015, 2014 to 2016 ish. And I was in the sun every weekend. And at that time, I was plant-based, 100% vegan, in the sun all the time. I was always tan. Um, But when I came to Portland, which was in 2016, I you get my yearly blood test, and it was around that time where I was going to get my blood tested to see how my levels were doing. I was like, "Yes, I'm going to be my vitamin D levels are going to be fucking through the roof." And guess what, guys? They weren't. They were super low. It was like not even within range. So. That says a lot, and um, vitamin D is going to be something you're going to need to take care of and take a close look at. Um, We need to make sure we're getting enough vitamin D because if we're deficient, then we're not going to be absorbing the calcium from our food because low vitamin D does not allow for adequate calcium absorption from our food. So if the calcium is not being absorbed, then the calcium will need to be taken from our bones and from our teeth to maintain the normal blood levels of calcium. And too low levels of vitamin D can trigger the parathyroid hormone to tell the body to take more calcium from the bones and give it to the blood. Vitamin D3 also functions as a hormone, and it's also very, very important for balancing mood. So it's connected with brain health. It's also connected with immune health as well. So I really recommend that you get your blood tested at least every year for vitamin D. And if you're low, you're going to need a supplement. And I recommend at least 2,000 units to maintain. And if you're deficient, you're going to need 5,000 or more depending on your blood levels of vitamin D. You may need much more than that depending on where you're at. So do your best to get that sunlight every morning if you can to start the day. And at least 10 minutes if you can. And uh, you can include some foods that are a little bit higher, plant-based foods that are higher in vitamin D, like mushrooms, a cup of diced portobello mushrooms will get you about 400 units. Uh, But for the most part, you're going to need to supplement with vitamin D most likely um, if you're plant-based. And to be honest, you know, most of us are going to be deficient in vitamin D, so most of us might need a supplement. Okay, so the next nutrient is calcium, and we all know that we need calcium for strong bones. In addition to the meeting the vitamin D requirements, eating calcium-rich foods on a daily basis are going to be needed to make sure we're getting our, enough of the calcium. So I recommend eating two to three cups of vegetables that have a higher absorption rate of calcium, that are more bioavailable of calcium, like kale, bok choy, turnip greens, mustard greens, collards, and calcium-set tofu should give you, give you plenty of calcium. Some other plant-based foods that, are, that contain calcium are sesame seeds, apricots, almonds, blackstrap molasses, chia seeds, and Brazil nuts. But the more bioavailable ones that I would recommend to start with first are going to be, like I said, those the kale, the bok choy, the turnip greens, the mustard greens, and um, consuming those first. And if you're going to take a calcium supplement please, please, please take one that also has vitamin D, magnesium, and K2, which we're going to talk about next. It needs to have all of those together. We're going to explore a little bit more about K2 here and why it's so important to take K2 with calcium. So vitamin K2 is critical for a, a, a healthy heart and for the skeletal system as well. And this nutrient is often overlooked in a vegan diet. So there are two types of vitamin K. There's vitamin K1 and vitamin K2. Vitamin K1 is the most important for regulation of blood clotting, while K2, it helps to activate proteins and is more important for bone health and preventing cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. So what K2 does, among other things, is it helps to shuttle calcium away from your arteries where it can contribute to plaque formation shuttles them away from your arteries and into your bones and teeth where it belongs some k1 is converted to k2 by the bacteria in our guts but it's really not that much and as you probably heard me say before it's not only about what you eat but it's also about what you digest absorb and convert that really matters So if you have a history of repeated antibiotic use, if you have gut dysbiosis that maybe you're not even aware of, then you're not going to be converting over as much. So something to keep in mind. And K2 is only found in certain bacteria and animal products. There are very, very few plant-based sources. Uh, There's one, however, that one food source we can get the K2 from, it's through a fermented food called natto. And natto, if you've ever had it, is, I think it's even ranked on the like the most stinkiest food list. <laughs> it's up there in like top 10 of the most disgusting, stinkiest foods. And what was that one show? It was called Flinch. It's on Netflix. I don't know if they had it on there, but they probably should because, did you see that, that show Flinch on Netflix where they They kind of strap people into these weird devices and they they like are throwing things at their faces or there's like weird animals that come up their faces. And if they flinch, then they get docked points. Um, But there was also this one little scene where they are strapped in and then there's a train that comes by and they have the stinkiest foods have like rotten meat, like stinky cheese. There's one specific fruit they have on there. I can't think of that fruit's name, but it's like one of the stinkiest fruits. And they should probably put natto on that because that would make anybody flinch. It's really disgusting. But it has tons of K2 in it and one of the highest sources, in fact, even higher than some animal products. So that might be something to consider if you don't mind a stinky food option. um, Or you can get it from a supplement um, so the K2 also has some incredible dental benefits since it's going to make sure that the calcium is transferred uh, into the bones and the teeth where it belongs. Uh, there's a specific type of K2. It's called MK4 that is animal-based. And then the fermented form, it's MK7. So you're going to be want to look you're in supplement form. You're going to be wanting to look for the MK7. So I recommend all vegans take a daily K2 supplement if they're not consuming natto on a weekly basis. And also, in addition to that, including healthy fats like avocado, nuts, and seeds with their leafy greens so they that they are absorbing the, K2, the K1. Um, and then so it also helps the conversion from K1 to K2, so you're getting a little bit of that conversion there. A DEXA scan is something that I really would recommend everybody doing, consider getting a, a DEXA scan done and that's spelled D E X A. And the DEXA scan is a special type of x-ray that measures your bone density and I would recommend getting that on a yearly basis if you can. And the cool thing with a DEXA scan is it also measures your body composition with like tremendous accuracy. I've had a DEXA scan done a couple times to make sure my bone density is where it should be and also, it measures the body composition, which is pretty cool because it measures it in each arm, each leg, and in your trunk. And if you're interested in changing your body composition if you're wanting to lose weight and wanting to gain or and/or wanting to gain more lean tissue, this is a, a great place to start because it's going to me- measure you with some pretty good accuracy. DeXA scan. And the next and last one here is resistance training and weight-bearing exercise. Exercise that provides impact and that builds muscle mass and strength is crucial for keeping your bones nice and strong. And to keep that bone density and that muscle mass up, I would recommend to regularly do the resistance training with weights about two to three times a week. And also keep in mind to include exercise that exercises that improve balance since most fractures happen due to falling. And if we can improve our balance, then we prevent falling and therefore preventing those fractures. So in summary, the first step to the strong bones is to see what your vitamin D levels are. And from there, you can see if you need to supplement with a vitamin D and supplement more. Chances are you're going to need to maintain with at least 2,000 units a day you might need more if you're on the lower end of the range or if you're out of range. And vitamin D will facilitate the absorption of calcium from your food. So the, we need to make sure we're getting enough of that first because if they're low, then most of that wonderful calcium-rich plant foods that you're eating won't be absorbed. And worse, you'll be pulling the calcium from your bones and teeth, which we do not want. So once you have normal levels of vitamin D, and you're eating lots of calcium-rich plant-based foods, it is vital that you're getting enough K2 to shuttle all that calcium to the right places, to your bones and to your teeth. We don't want the calcium to go to the arteries. So consider eating more natto, or giving it a try, or if you don't even want to go there, because I definitely gave it a bad rap, <laughs> bad description and bad rap today. Um, but if you don't, don't want to do that, just consider supplementing with K2 And definitely consider getting a DEXA scan yearly to monitor your bone density trend. And keep your bone density strong with a resistance training program two to three times a week. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'm sending you so much compassion and joy and beauty to the start of your week. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one for nutrition and lifestyle coaching, I would love to connect with you. Click the link in the show notes to apply today. I only take on a few clients at a time because it's so individualized. So go ahead and click that link right now. If you're feeling called, I'm really looking forward to connecting with you.